Welcome to Gospel Mission Church's message podcast. We pray that as you listen, you will be encouraged in your journey and that your relationship with Father God will be strengthened and deepened. We hope you enjoy this week's message. Good morning, church. How are you? (laughs) Happy New Year, right? January 1st is here. Tell someone next to you, it's that time of year again. It's that time of year again. How many of you, um, you know, you, you are like me and you ring in the new year at like 9 p.m. because you don't want to go to bed late? <laughs> How many of you? Yeah, maybe? Okay. Not very many. All right. I guess I'm the only one. Wow. Um, little kids, right? Got to get to bed at a good time. Anyways, it's good to see you here. It's good to be with you this morning. What an awesome way to start the year is to come together on the first day of the year and just worship, right? And just hear from God's word. I hope your holidays were as blessed and as food-filled as mine as well. <laughs> Any of you feel like me and feel like you just kind of woke up from, a, from like a week-long food coma? <laughs> Anyone brave enough to raise your hand? Wow, it was very good. But it's the holidays, right? So we'll do better in January. Anyways, it's, it's, it's that time of year, right? We're, we're kind of back in this time of year where we're, we're probably reflecting, you know, on, on how 2022 went. Wow, it's come and it's gone. It was just Christmas. Now it was Christmas again. And now it's the new year. How did that year go? And we're probably reflecting on it, right? And, and maybe for some of us, we're already beginning to prepare for 2023, right? Like, what is it? Um, that this year is going to look like? What are some things that I'm going to accomplish this year? And I really, I titled this message this morning, Starting Strong, because I really want us as a church, my heart for us as a church, my prayer, my hope is that we will start this year strong. Maybe you are a resolutions person, or maybe you are uh, someone that, that has goals, or at the very least, you know, goals in the back of your mind kind of person, right? Like, like this year, you know, you, you, um, you want to get in shape, or you want to start that renovation, or for some of you like me, you got to finish that renovation, right? Maybe that's a goal, or maybe for some of you, it's just to save money, or maybe for some of you, it's to get married. Anyone have a goal of getting married this year? Uh, goals are good, right? Goals are good. But I think that my heart for us is that we would realize as we start this year that so much more importantly than any physical goals that we could make are our spiritual goals for 2023. Have you thought about those at all? Have you given those some prayer? Have you given those some thought? God, what do you want to do in my life in 2023? And I pray that it's a year where we start strong spiritually. And maybe you have been already thinking about this. You've already been praying about this. And, and maybe this morning, God's going to show you something to add to that. Or, or maybe you haven't been, and, and that's okay. Now's an awesome time to begin to think about, God, what do you want to do in my life this year? And begin to think about the things and, and how he wants to bring more in your life. Because God has more for us, right? We believe that. We believe that God has more, and God wants to take us to to even further depths with him this year. So it's important we go into this year with with this mindset, right? I want to grow spiritually, and I'm willing to do intentional things to to grow spiritually. So this morning, what I want to do is I want to talk about four questions that I believe if, if we can spend some time in these questions with God in the coming days and even weeks, 
I really believe that it, these questions are gonna help us just have a conversation with God to, to just really empower us to go deeper and to, to start strong. Um, so we're gonna look at four questions. Before we do, I'll just open with prayer. God, thank you that you have more for us. You are so, so faithful. And as we start this year, we just reflect on your goodness and your faithfulness. And we, we, we thank you that you have even more. God, we thank you that you wanna take us to new depths with you. And we open ourselves up to that today. If you haven't already, I invite you, just open yourself up to that today. God, I'm open to what you want to do and how you want to speak to me as I start this year. Holy Spirit, be here. God, be, be present. Speak way beyond my words and empower your people this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. The first question that I think is really an awesome question to reflect on as we start this year strong is, God, what is an area of my life where I need to put you first? What's an area of my life where I need to put you first? I want to read Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, and this is a very familiar passage. It's easy for us to read it really fast because it was probably that passage that we, we memorized right after John 3, 16 when we were younger, right? Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, beautiful text. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. I want to highlight that word, submit. Submit, right? In all your ways, submit. And, and this word, we need to understand, it, it's talking about yielding. It's talking about yielding. We, we, we understand the word yield in the context of driving, right? When we, when we see that red triangle in our lane, we know we need to yield. Like the other drivers coming from the other directions, they have the right of way. We have to let them go first, Right? And so it's kind of in that same way that we, we submit to God in the sense that we allow God to have the right of way, so to speak, in our life, where we allow God to be first and to lead in everything. So in all your ways, submit. Don't lean on your own understanding. Submit to God. But isn't it true that if you're like me, so often, man, it's easy. We have this tendency to lean on our own understanding, right? Right? We have this tendency to kind of take the control of the steering wheel and get back in the driver's seat and, and just kind of live in our own plan and in our own direction. And that's, that's often how that looks, right? When, when we are not submitting the way and we're not yielding the way this passage is telling us to, it looks like us kind of just flying forward in our plan and in our direction for our life. And we might even invite God into this plan we might even invite him in and say, God, help me. God, God bless me as I go in my plan. It's like, God, I, I'm going to drive. But as I drive, if you could sit in the, in the passenger seat and if you could bless me and if you could help me along the way, that'd be really good, right? But what we miss when we do this is we miss this important truth that God is not a backseat driver, He's not a backseat driver. He's not, he's not just part of the plan. We don't just invite him into our plan. He is the plan. He is the plan, right? God is the plan. He initiates our plan for our life, and then we just respond. We just yield. We just submit to his plan for our life. 
He wants to be the Lord of our life, right? That's what that means. He wants to drive. He wants to be the first priority in every part of my life. And so that means that when, when I, in the way that I view myself, I put God first. I yield to him. In the way that I plan, in the way that I make goals, I put God first. They're not even really my plans. They're his plans, right? And I respond to his plans. In, in my work, in my friends, in my family, my finances, my, my decisions, my schedule, all of it, I put God first. I put God first. I, I understand that life doesn't orbit around me. I orbit around God, right? I understand that. And, and so we want to live that way. In Colossians 1, 15 and 16, it talks about this as well. It says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created and is supreme over all creation. And for through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. And then highlight this. Everything was created through him and for him. Everything was created through him and for him. And then we read on in 17. He existed before anything else. He holds all creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning supreme over all who rise from the dead. And then highlight again, so he is first in everything. What an awesome reminder that everything, including me and including you, was created by God and for God. And therefore, he is first. He is our creator and he is our Lord. And so we, we submit to that. We were made on purpose for his purpose. And so as we submit to that, as we submit to his purpose, what's amazing and, and, and what brings so much assurance is that then he says he will make our paths straight. How many of us, that's a relief because we're, we're tired of trying to make our own paths straight. Like some of us, we're looking back at 2022 and we're thinking, man, like my paths were all over the place. Like, my paths were not straight. My paths were, were squiggly, you know, all over the place. And it, it makes us ask this question, is it possible that my paths weren't straight because I wasn't fully yielding to God in some area of my life? He makes our paths straight as we submit. And so we pray, God, everything I have, everything I do, it orbits around you. God, I choose to put you first. I recognize that every breath that I breathe is on loan from you. And so I, I choose to put you first. I submit, I yield to you. So this is the first question. God, what is an area of my life where I need to put you first? Another question I think is really powerful to reflect on in order to start strong this year God, what is something I lack in my spiritual life? Another way to ask this question would be, God, what is something that I need more of in my spiritual life? Look at the, the interaction with this rich young man that Jesus has in Mark 10, verse 20 to 22. He says, well, this 
give you a little bit of context. This rich young man, he, he runs up to Jesus and, and he asks Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And so Jesus kind of answers, he says, well, you know the commandments, you know, don't, don't murder, don't steal, honor your father and mother, and, and he goes on a few and lists a few, and then the young man replies in, in verse 20, he says, teacher, he declared, all these, talking about the commandments, I've kept since I was a boy. And Jesus looked at him and loved him. I love that, I underlined that, I, and loved him. <laughs> and then he says this, he says, one thing you lack, one thing you lack, he said, Go sell everything you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. And then, come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus specifically showed this guy the one thing that he lacked. He knew this guy's heart condition. He knew that this guy was building his treasure. He was, he was storing up his treasure here on earth instead of in heaven. He knew that that was his thing. He knew that that was his one thing that he lacked. And so he challenged him in it. And, and unfortunately and sadly, the, this was a deal breaker for this guy. This was a deal breaker. Like, like he wasn't willing to commit to Jesus in this way. So we know the context of this. this. This young man, he's asking Jesus this question in the context of inheriting eternal life. But isn't this an awesome question to ask in the context of our spiritual growth as well? Isn't it an awesome question? God, is there something I need more of in my spiritual life? It's, it's so important because I believe God wants to reveal those things to us that could totally transform our spiritual life. He wants to reveal those things. Like, what, what's something that would totally transform your spiritual life? If you're in a season where you feel like your spiritual life needs to be transformed, what's one thing that that could be? Maybe it's spending more time with God, giving more of your day to God. Maybe, like, getting in a rhythm with God where you have a time, you have a place, you have this, this, this coffee with Jesus every day. And you have this rhythm, you have this routine with God. Is that something that would, that would transform your spiritual life? Or, or, or maybe it's, it's you know, coming to church more regularly and, and just being in community more regularly. Maybe that would be the thing that transforms your spiritual life. What's that thing? You know, maybe it's tithing and, and investing in God's kingdom. Maybe that's something that would transform your spiritual life or Maybe it's more accountability in some area of your life, and that would just transform it. You have, you have a few people in your life that, that know your soul and know you deeply. What is the, the thing that would transform your spiritual life? It's a great question to ask God, right? What do I lack? What do I need more of so that I can take my next step with you, God? And what I don't want us to hear is that it, it's all about rules and regulations, because it's not. It's, it's not about that. It's not just about following rules and regulations. Of course, we're called to obedience, right? But you can see in the story, Jesus wanted the rich young man, he wanted him to deny himself so that he could be free to have relationship with Jesus. 
He knew this was hindering his relationship with Jesus, so he wanted him to be free to have a relationship. So when we ask this question, God, what's one thing that I lack? What's one thing that I need more of? We have to understand, right? And and we do it from a place of knowing that God ultimately wants to be with us. So when he answers, whatever that answer is to that question, it's because he wants relationship. He wants to be with us. He wants to be close to us. So in this place of relationship, then we respond to God, right? We we respond, we say, in in self-discipline and in obedience, we say, okay, God, okay, I'm willing to deny myself. I'm willing to deny myself and and get up earlier if I have to, to to, to give you the first part of my day. Or I'm willing to deny myself and, and, and budget differently so that I can be more generous, so that I can invest in your kingdom, God. Or, or I, I, in obedience, I deny myself and I humbly ask for more accountability in some area of my life. We deny ourselves so that we can be filled by the Spirit, right? So maybe the, the one thing that would transform your spiritual life, maybe that's something you need more of or maybe it's something you need less of right? Maybe the one thing would be getting rid of sin or distraction in your life or or something like that. And if that's the case, I urge you, I, I, I pray that you will, you know, confess, you'll repent, you'll, you'll turn back to God so that you can continue and, and just keep building into that relationship with God. So what's that next step, God? And, and, What's one thing I lack? What's one thing I need more of? And, and I know for a lot of us, right, we, we, we have this conversation around spiritual disciplines and, and increasing spiritual disciplines in our life, and then we start to feel overwhelmed, like, man, there's so much that I should do. There's so much I need more of or less of. And it's easy to feel overwhelmed, and I, I want to remind us along with this that God is a loving Father. He's a loving Father, He doesn't just dump it all on us at once. You know, I I really believe that that if we ask him, he can just show us like where to start. Where to start? What's the one thing that I need to start on? The third thing, the third question I think is powerful to reflect on as we start this year strong is, God, what's something you want me to pray for and desire in this season? What's one thing you want me to pray for and desire this year? And I think this can be a helpful question for God um, as we start the year because it's, it's cool to have something specific to kind of focus in on and kind of pursue and desire in prayer. And as we start the Daniel fast next week, what an awesome time to, to ask God this question, God, what is something in my life or in something in, in, in my world around me that, that you want me to pursue and press into in prayer? What's a key prayer request that I'm going to go after as I start this year? Of course, we're going to pray more than one thing, right? But what, what's one specific thing, God, that you want me to pursue? Maybe it's, maybe it's prayer and desire for somebody that you know isn't following God, that they would come back, that they would find breakthrough. Somebody who's not a Christian or somebody who's a prodigal that needs to come home or Maybe it's, maybe it's an addiction in your life or in someone else's life around you and, and, and you just, God's gonna call you to pray for breakthrough 
in that. Maybe it's your marriage and you need breakthrough. There's, there's brokenness in, in some part of your marriage or maybe you're, there's a lot of brokenness and it's like, God, I need breakthrough. And we pursue, we press in and we pray for that. We desire that. Or, or maybe it's just more wisdom. <laughs> How many of us need more wisdom, right? Man, I need more wisdom. And, and James 1 verse 5 says, if you need more wisdom, ask God and he'll give you wisdom, right? So we want to ask, we want to pray and press in. Maybe it's, maybe it's a specific fruit of the spirit that you realize, you, you know, you see, or maybe God reveals that you need more of in your life. And you're going to pray, you're going to press in and pursue more love, more joy, more peace, more patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Maybe God will highlight one thing, and that's just going to be your theme for this year. And you're just going gonna, to gonna pursue that and desire that even more. I just encourage us as we start this year, focus in on something. Focus in on some area that you need breakthrough. We got to remember, God, God wants us to ask, right? Sometimes I forget. I, I'm not, sometimes I'm not very good at asking for help. Is that kind of like you sometimes, right? Where, like even in, our, even in our relationships, you know, around us, it's like, man, I, I don't want to ask, you know? I don't want to ask. Like, my pride kind of gets in the way a little bit. I don't want to ask for help. Like, I'll just do it myself. God wants us to ask. He wants us to desire more of him. We see it. Look at Matthew 7, verse 7 to 11. Jesus' words, it says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Very clear, Jesus is encouraging persistent prayer. Persistent prayer. God wants us to desire him more. God wants us to ask him for more because he's a good father. Look how it continues. It says, you parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. And so if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good gifts to those who ask him? He's a loving father. He wants to give you what is best for you. He wants to give you what's best for you. And so when we ask, when we seek, when we knock, we, we understand, we do it from a place of understanding that he is a loving heavenly father. He wants, to ask, he wants us to ask for more, desire more. And he wants to give us what's best, right? He's a loving father. So what's one thing you're gonna go after in this new year? Number four, the fourth question that I, I wanna encourage us to reflect on as we start this year strong is, God, what is a promise you want me to hold on to in this season? What's a promise that you want me to stand on in this season? Like, if you look at his word, there are so many promises to his people, right? 
So many promises. And I want to call these back to the forefront of our minds. And, and this is not a full list. But take a, look at, take a look at this list. Just a few of God's promises. He promises to meet every need you have from his riches. He promises to forgive all your sins. He promises to make everything work for your good. To never leave you or forsake you. I think some of us need to hear that today. He promises to never leave you or forsake you. He promises to be your ever-present help in trouble, to give you strength when you're weary and power when you're weak, to, give, to guide you and give you direction, to give you a peace that goes beyond your understanding, to give you power to defeat Satan. Nothing would separate you from God's love. That's what he promises you're more than conquerors, and you have eternal life through Christ. I look at this list, and, and I already feel my confidence and my faith begin to grow and begin to be cultivated in a God who is so faithful, a God who is so faithful to provide. And I really believe, listen, I, I really believe God, these promises are meant to be promises that, that come alive in our life, that, that become truth alive in our life. And these are meant to be something that we can anchor our lives to. These promises are something we can anchor our lives to. We can hold on and we can gain a, a, a real confidence and a real faith and we can go through life like that. That's the beauty of God's promises, right? We, we, we anchor our lives to it with this deep trust and confidence that God is faithful and he will make a way. Like our lives look drastically different when we anchor ourselves to God's promises versus when we don't, right? Like, like if, if when we don't, we, we, we live full of fear. We live full of hopelessness. But when we anchor our lives to God's promises we, we have this mentality shift and we, we start to see God is always faithful to make a way for us, right? He's gonna provide a way. He's gonna guide us and give us peace and power. He's done it before and he'll do it again, right? He'll, he's done it before, he'll do it again. Talk about a mentality shift. When we believe that and we, we live in this deep trust and confidence in God, I love the story of David because it's such an awesome picture of this truth. The, the story of David is, is beautiful. My, I, I, love it in, I love it so much. And one of the reasons I love it so much is because my three-year-old son, Owen, he asks me to read this story with him every single night before bed. So I'm very familiar with his kid Bible version of the story of David. Um, and, and, and specifically, David fighting Goliath, it's so cute, his little three-year-old. He, he can't really read, but he's got it memorized so he can read it back to me, and it's just beautiful. He reads the story of David to me almost every night. What an awesome story, David fighting Goliath. We see it in 2 Samuel chapter 17. That's where he fights Goliath. It, it's just a chapter before that that we see David's anointing 
right? Where, where Samuel comes to all the sons of Jesse and, and he says, nope, that's not him, that's not him. God asked me to come and appoint a king. That's not him, that's not him. Nope, nope, nope. Do you have any other sons? And Jesse's like, well, yeah, the runt of the family, he's kind of hanging out in the back with the sheep and we'll go get him, right? And so he does and he brings him and, and as soon as David walks up, the Lord says to Samuel, that's the one, anoint him. And so, so David receives this anointing, receives this promise from God that he'll be the next king. And it's just the next chapter that we see the Israelites, they're, they're, they're at war, they're ready to, to fight with the Philistines and, and we see this giant Goliath. He, he's a giant, he's like well over nine feet tall and he's just this, this huge guy and he's at the front lines and he's been doing this for 40 days he comes to the front lines and he challenges everyone, come fight me, bring it, <laughs> right? Come fight me. But nobody takes the challenge. Nobody steps up. King Saul, he's already, you know, offering all kinds of rewards. Like, I'm gonna give you my daughter in marriage, which is weird, but that was a thing back then. You know, I'm, I'm gonna give you my daughter in marriage if you fight this guy and you kill him. And finally, David says to King Saul in 1 Samuel 17, Verse 32, don't worry about this Philistine, David told Saul, I'll go fight him. <laughs> I love that. Don't worry about this Philistine, I'll go fight him. Saul replies, don't be ridiculous. There's no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. He's, he's been a man of war since his youth. But David persisted. I've been taking care of, of my father's sheep and goats, he said, and when a lion or a bear comes to steal a lamb from the flock, I go after it with a club and I rescue the lamb from its mouth. And if the animal turns on me, I catch it by the jaw and I club it to death. I've done this to both lions and bears and I'll do it to this pagan Philistine too. For he has defied the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. He's done it before, he'll do it again, right? So Saul finally consented, all right, go ahead and may the Lord be with you. What an incredible faith, right? What a remarkable confidence in the promise of God. And we pick up in verse 45, a little further down, David, so, so Goliath sees David come and he's picked up his five stones and he's got his shepherd's staff and he walks up to this nine foot something Goliath and Goliath laughs at him, like, what am I, a dog that you come at me with a stick? Right? And, and David replies, this is what he says. He replied to the Philistine, you come to me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you, and I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and wild animals. By the way, that is not in my three-year-old's kid Bible. That's not in there. That's violent. Talk about confidence though, right? The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel and everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with the sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. 
See, we read this story and we sometimes read it in the context of an underdog story, but David didn't see himself as an underdog. David wasn't afraid. He was full of confidence in God's ability to fight this giant. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He received a promise and an anointing, and he anchored his life to it. And we see him live like, like with confidence. He'd seen God's protection, you know, when he fought the lion and the bear. He, he had this perspective. God could be trusted with his promises. God could be trusted with his promise. And we see it again in Psalm 56, 9 to 11. This is later in David's life. It says, my enemies will retreat when I call to you for help. But this I know, God is on my side. I praise God for what he has promised. And yes, I praise the Lord for what he has promised. I trust in God, so why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Imagine if we would live like this, with this kind of trust. I, I rejoice in God's promises. I, I trust in him. I trust in his promises. I'm not, why should I be afraid? What can mere mortals do to me? Right? And, and this is the confidence that comes from anchoring ourselves in God's promise. I want to receive that promise and that truth. I want it to become alive in my life and, and anchor my life to it. Amen? When we hold on to his promise, it changes the way we live. And, and I want to say, I believe God has a promise for your season. God has a promise for your season. Ask him. I believe he has a promise. He wants to provide for you in your season. And for some of us, this promise, it's gonna be the truth that we cling to this year. It's gonna be the thing that, that just we hang on to. And it's gonna carry us through when things feel impossible. For some of us, it's gonna give us a boldness and a confidence to do the next thing God has for us, even if it's scary. His promise, right? We anchor our life to it. So God, show us your, your promise that you want us to hold on to in this season. I invite you just take these four questions to the Lord in the coming days and weeks and just spend time in them thinking and praying and watch him empower you to start the year strong. Watch him empower you. Amen. Thanks for listening. If there's anything we can do to help you along in your journey, email prayer at gmchurch.ca. If you'd like to see what's coming up at Gospel Mission Church or learn more about us, visit gmchurch.ca.